welcome to the special Pitch Bastards episode where we talk about the albums of 2017, the best albums. Um, so each of us has picked our own album of the year, which will be revealed throughout the show. And we also picked a publication or a YouTube channel each, and uh, we went with the top couple of albums from their list. So Nirmal went with the New York Times, who put St. Vincent's Mass Seduction in first and Residente's self-titled album in second. I picked The Guardian, who also went with St. Vincent. So we've gone with number two and three there, which was Kendrick Lamar's Dam and Scissors Control. And because Nick likes to think he's down with the kids, he went with the YouTube channel Deep Cuts, who put Somi's Petite Afrique in the top spot and Oxbow's Finn Black Duke at number two. So I'm going to get to Nick to kick us off. Uh, so which of the six new albums did you think said that had the most to say about 2017 or was most relevant to the last year? Um, I guess I would go by hello, by the way. And Nermal, do you want to say hello? Yeah, I hi, feel Nermal. like we missed that whole bit where we actually say hello to each other as if we get on. Hello. Uh, well, it clearly doesn't matter uh, if I'm here or not, so... Not that much, anyway. I said your name. Oh, okay, well, thanks. In passing. Hello. In passing. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll kick things off by saying that I thought um, Somi's Petit Afrique uh, was probably uh, my most 2017 kind of album in terms of uh, its themes, its scope, um, and its production. Um, and there's really... Uh, a few reasons why I thought that was the case. I mean, essentially, that it was a really... First of all, just as a general remark, what a voice this, mm. this singer has. It's really... I mean, we hear an awful lot of new albums. We hear an awful lot of new uh, vocalists come through. And uh, I haven't heard anyone in a while who's got this this much range and, and power without yeah, yeah. being over the top and without being... Uh, Getting into you know Mariah Carey territory, mm-hmm. so no, I thought it was I thought it was really really good. I thought there was some really interesting um, political turns in the album. Uh, Alien was a really good example, um, and I think that's uh, the one where it changes from the Sting track. Yeah. yeah. Um, so remind me. So it changes yeah. from I'm an Englishman in New York to I'm an African in New York, doesn't yes, it? Yes, so absolutely. It's, yeah, and a lot of other changes throughout the song, which vastly improve it. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be, let's, um, let's be clear on that. Yes, it wasn't one of my favorite tracks before, but um, no, I thought it worked really, really well. Um, and uh, I also thought that the what was the track uh, Black Enough? Yeah, uh, which just after Alien on the first half, first part of the album. Um, was a really, really strong uh, kind of narrative about the process of othering, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and uh, so that really worked well for me. Um, and I, I will also say another thing about, t- about being a 2017 album from a production standpoint, uh, things are very polished at this point in production terms, I think, at this, this point in history, uh, recording albums. And I think this was possibly the most polished of the albums I heard. It was, it was really, really clean and crisp presence you know kind of in your face um i think it worked i think it worked really really well so that would be my call what do you think what do you other think normal yeah yeah i mean i i just want to pick up on that <clears throat> production uh, aspect i remember listening to this with my uh well, fancy-ish headphones and uh Ooh, fancy kind of uh, yeah ish you know ish and i'm talking to you know nick here so yeah they're uh, not fancy i mean just to be clear now i don't even know what they are but they're not fancy so <laughs> go ahead uh, i was uh, pretty stunned it seemed like i could hear every instrument distinctly from each other uh and her voice uh, and you know very very distinctly and clear all throughout um actually reminded me of um 
like Sade or something, you know, something really airy. And how do you feel about that, Frank? I mean, um, you just grimaced when you said that. <laughs> I know, I know. Right? But upsets it, it, me it, a little bit. Very much. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Much because it also has, you know, despite the, you know, talking about the themes of it, but, but from a um, just a kind of, uh, if you think about it in terms of just the pop, it's very. Um, uh, it, it kind of floats above everything, you know, her, especially because of her voice is so sort of light, like a, like a meringue. Yeah. <laughs> Sade, Sade and meringues. The food analogies. What was it with Queens of the Stone Age or something? Bars. It was Snickers bars. Yeah, I remember now, yeah. Which so yeah. many people have said to me, actually, that bit about the Snickers bar was hilarious. I'm like, well, <laughs> it wasn't at the time. <laughs> it wasn't at any point. It's just bizarre. That's what it was. I'm not going to give him credit for that. It's hilarious. No way. Um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry, we interrupted you. Didn't yeah, we? we cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, shall I? Shall I take Go over? Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna everything you've both been saying. I'm I'm on board with. Um, I think talking about it being a 2017 album, one of the things that really struck me with this album was the um, the fact that it was a Muslim woman singing very openly about her religion and in a really sort of you know we hear a lot of Christian albums or a lot of albums that have Christian influence on you're them. Be, like, you're a big we'll Creed fan, are you? you? listen to a lot of Creed. Well, even you, even so. to talk about Kendrick Lamar, who we'll be talking about later, yeah. there's a lot of references to God, isn't there? And you don't often hear hear the sort of uh, an, uh, album from this perspective. And I think my favourite song on the track and probably possibly my favourite track on this whole playlist, other than the National Album, which obviously yeah. we'll talk about later, um, was Holy Room, um, which is just a really stunning stunning song on this album yeah. it shows her voice off probably the best of all the songs and um the chorus is just allow akbar over and over again but it just it's just so beautiful yeah when she sings it and i don't often get excited about anything religious but that was a yeah a standout song for me as was black enough with which you've mentioned um so yeah the only, my probably only thing that i really noticed about this album that distracted me a little bit was how obsessed she is with tea and yeah, coffee. I did not, did you both so notice yes. that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, I've, I've written I down. That. I don't know why I didn't make that note myself. I've written down several of the times she mentioned it just because <laughs> I had to. So we've got, I don't drink coffee, I drink tea, my dear, which is obviously yeah. from the Sting uh, remix. She likes her tea with milk and rum and spices. <laughs> Would you like coffee or some tea? How about milk or some honey? And I, I, I got bored of writing them down at that point. The woman's obsessed with tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, as well as being brilliant, writing brilliantly about roll, religious, it, really. about race, and about life in Harlem, she's also fantastic about beverages. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's um, very, very rock and roll. It reminds me, it reminds me of, of Lemmy a little bit in that respect. Don't you think? I think it's got that that rock and roll tone with the yeah, tea narrative. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, tea. She does mention rum. Yeah, with one of the tea references. Yeah. yeah. So, Fran, I mean, I, let me challenge you a little bit. If, if <laughs> really, if she was a, um, you know elderly white woman singing about tea would it also be unusual yeah wouldn't it <laughs> i think it would be there's like four different songs that mention tea if she was if she was like mary berry or someone who's come up in a podcast before with yeah. me, then i'd probably understand no that no but... mary berry is probably but if she was the queen of england she's extremely white i would yeah. get mary, it the uh wasn't he like the mayor of uh new york and had some kind of drug escapade <laughs> Mary Berry. <laughs> no, Mary Berry makes cakes. Yeah, Mary um, Berry's a cook. You remember the Idols album, the one that where they sing Mary Berry. Mary Berry's got a reggae and all that stuff. 
Let's get back onto that. But yeah, the Petite Freak, the Somi album. Um, I love that song. It's my Stunning, stunning album. I, I, one thing I'll say is, on nearly every other playlist we've ever done, this might have been my favourite album. But I think for me, there was a lot of strong competition on this, and it, it probably didn't. Okay. Didn't break that, but it is. It's a stunning album. Can I ask? Is this one of the one? Can I remind, remind me? Is this one of the ones that came off off um, Deep Cuts? Off it's the Deep Cuts number deep one. one. Yeah, Deep Cuts right. number one. Okay, so you're not so smug about me choosing Deep Cuts now. Well, let's maybe. talk about Deep Cuts number two in a bit, and we'll, right. uh, we'll see how it goes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. So uh, okay, sounds good then. That's that's one down. All right. Well, over to Nermal. Nermal. Which of these albums were you most surprised to see on a on an end of year playlist, an album of the year playlist? The, uh, the end of the year, I was I was the same Vincent. I was, you know, I was very surprised to see that and and on two lists, right? Uh, the top of two lists, top of two of the yeah, lists we chose, yeah, exactly. And so as I as I listened to it, and I could see why it was you know rated so highly, but I don't, I I can't say that it really grabbed me. I I think um, it remained. Uh, maybe a little bit too um, pop for me. Uh, ultimately, um, I, 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 I certainly couldn't get into it. I, I liked I liked some of the the lyrics, especially when you know she's critiquing uh, the media and such. But I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I never really. I never really felt like. Um, um, I thought it was really interesting. You wrote, the fact you raised pop there, uh, mm. just just to interrupt for a second. I, I thought the. Um, it was. It is an extremely pop album. It's, a, it's kind of an experimental pop album, but it's extremely clean. Um, but not in the in the way of the previous album we were talking about. It's, it's clean um, and polished in a kind of shiny, slightly sickly sweet way. I have to say, um, and uh, in that sense, I uh, yeah, that's one of, one of the reasons I wasn't really that into it. So I, I don't know. I kind of in that sense, I think I might be agreeing with you, Nemo. I'm also permitted. going to interject here because I've written about pop in my notes as oh, well. Oh, okay. To say that. It comes across as a very poppy album on the first couple of listens to me, but mm. then I think the lyrics... I think what's going on is that the lyrics are so dark at times on mm. this album that I think she's sort of masking the darkness, and I think, so that's that's, I think you're like... both missing the point of the album. I think the whole point is it's a, it's a bit of a comment on the current sort of pop climate and the celebrity culture, I mean, I think it's, and she's it's, masking... I don't know if she's masking it very well then, because there were certain tracks like Pills, I mm. thought was extremely irritatingly heavy-handed. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I get it. Yeah. There are pills in every context in, in our lives, and we're, we're ruled by this, you know, kind of drugged-up state that we're in as a society. It, it's, it's not a subtle point. I don't think it's the first time I've, I've kind of heard of it before, in track, so I I don't think it worked out that well, um, and and the so I don't think it was that soul, and I don't think it was that effective either. I think there's there's times when I find it. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here. This wasn't one of my favorites on the album, and I, it's not my favorite of her albums that I've listened to by quite quite a way. I was quite surprised mm. to see it top two lists. Mm. I do I do think it's a good album, but I was surprised to see it that high. But I think the song Sugar Boy, for example, it, it sounds really really poppy, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's all about like. A woman giving herself up to a man and letting him do whatever he wants, and mm. and it's kind of very relevant to a lot of what's what's going on in. I mean, I might have picked this as my most relevant to the mm. past year because I think there's a lot about the current climate. Um, I think I think it, yeah, it, it is about that. I, I just mm. think it's it's not subtle about it. It's not slight, and I, I also well, think I also think um, 
the, the album that's like what you're shooting for, but works much more successfully, I don't think we've covered in these podcasts, is Everything Everything's previous album. Well, you say that. You, you say these for every question that ever get asked. I love Everything Everything's, everything's album. You can't, give, you can't answer every question but I think of it, Everything Everything. Well, I'll try and avoid ever <laughs> saying it again now. But but that's, just a, that's a really dark album that really dresses itself in a lot of pop um, kind of fun and energy. Um but uh, I don't know, it, it just seems to be a more subtle and uh, a bit more elliptical than this one is. No, you were going to say something, I interrupt you. That, that, the line, I, I mean, I, I can imagine this line of mass seduction. Like, what did she say? I, I can't turn off what turns me on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, is, that is really a 2017 statement. I mean, I, I can't, you know, maybe of, of the, all the lyrics that I've heard this over this album, that that statement, I can't turn off what turns me on, had yeah. to be, mm, you know, really stuck with me. And I can imagine that line probably was the centerpiece of this whole album, and it sort of evolved from there. But uh, but ultimately, I, I don't know how how deep that statement is, you know, when you, unless you, I don't know, think about it in terms of uh, some of the issues that Somi and brings up in Petita mm. Free, you know. Yeah. It gets a little, uh, I don't know, I felt like uh, St. Vincent was uh, a little, um, it was a little shallow, ultimately. I mean, for me, I think that's a persona she's aiming for with this album. Yeah. I think if you look on the cover with, you know, it's yep. basically a picture of her bent over. Yeah. And if you saw any interviews she did. Oh, wait, hey, let me the... look. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at any interviews she did during the uh, release of this album, she was purposely trying to... You know, she was very distant. She was she was acting like a persona, and I think that shallowness is is meant to be there. I think that's why maybe you've seen it at the top of a couple of lists because I think there's yeah. there's a it was a it's character interesting that because she was it's an interesting conundrum in it because you're trying to demonstrate a characterization of something that's actually and I might repellent, but not very I'm not very keen to see. You know, like mm. to be shallow to write an album about being shallow. Yeah. How do you avoid it just being shallow? I mean, if she does it 100% effectively, then the album becomes what yeah. it wants, wants to critique. And, and that's my worry. Um, I think she's obviously very talented in certain ways. I understand she's a fantastic guitarist, for example, and all this. And, and there's loads of things that are positive about her, you know, what she can, she's capable of doing. But this album doesn't really speak to that for me. But yeah. Sorry, I was, I'm not really paying attention. I was just looking at the album covers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, you're one of them, Nermal. You're one of you're yeah. one of the people she's singing about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Am I embodying her? Her uh, is that what you're doing now? You're trying to be shallow and uh, and and yeah. get into the 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 theme of mass seduction. He doesn't find it difficult. I so. really can't turn it off. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that's, uh, that's all right. Maybe that, time you've, to... you've just killed the album's conversation now. Yeah. So, uh, what was next? Um, I want to now go to Nermal and have him introduce his his album of the year, which I've not we've not given the name of or anything yet. So, go ahead, Nermal, tell us your album of the year and a bit about it, please. All right. Well, um, I picked Valerie June's "The Order of Time," and um, it's uh, her uh, second um, album, actually, and. Um, it is, I think, an incredible piece of work, mainly because she takes her very, very unusual voice, which is a sort of a nasally, um, lower-toned voice that could be incredibly annoying, I think, in, in circumstances, and makes it into an instrument that is um, soulful and um, uh, deep and powerful, 
And, uh, you know, I think I will say I've been a little influenced by having seen her live and this particular show uh, of, of her doing this album was uh, so powerful in the sense that there would be stretches of 10, 15 minutes where there would be no instrumentation. It would just be her voice. And you kind of just forgot that, you know, she had this whole band behind her. Sorry, you're saying, are you saying she was singing a cappella for, for, for long periods of time? Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, exactly, a cappella, wow. but she, it was just her own voice, and she was carrying, it seemed like, multi, I mean, we'll, I, I'll talk about this a little bit with the um, uh, Residente, but uh, she seems, like, her voice seems to convey multiple registers at the same time to me, you know, here, uh, and, uh, and so I think her own ability to perform is uh, influential on my, you know, my listening to this. Mm. Um, I, my favorite song on this album is probably um, Astral Plane. And uh, she talked about it in her live show as a uh, dream that just came to her. And she got up, wrote it, wrote it, wrote it and recorded it very, very quickly in a, in a day. Wow. It, uh, it sort of became the genesis of the entire album. Wow. Is she local to you in Atlanta? Uh, no, she is a New York, London based. Okay. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. I never do my research. That's, that's, I'm just going to admit that now. I have no idea what any of this stuff is about. So I just, <laughs> I just drop in at the last minute. Yeah. That's, yeah. So um, are, you, are you done with your sort of intro there? No more? Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I, you, I mean, Nick, you know, you... you you have, uh, you should continue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's funny because you, you, you actually, um, I, I did like this album and it grew on me as well over time. So I, I liked it, you know, a good amount. But um, when you talk about this an annoying nasal tone in her voice, Mm-mm. you know, turning into an instrument, that, that is a really tall order, isn't it? I mean, if, it, if it's fundamentally irritating, and, and I, I will say that, you know, in my own music production, I quite like to generate things that are irritating. You know, I feel like that's that's kind of what what my uh, my personal God's poorest head would love to do is find something that's like grating and and you know push it as far as they can. I mean, you're more, very successful today. <laughs> <laughs> it's more difficult than um, than it might be with other instruments to do that with with a human voice, though. Um, I would say, and and that's one of the really challenging things about about this album is that I did find a, a voice off putting at certain times. Really, I did. Yeah, I did. You want to disagree? Yeah, 100% want to disagree with that. I mean, I love her voice. Um, I love how changeable it is as well. I love that she's, there's different registers on every song and and different tones and you need astral plane compared to like um, Love You Once Made or Shakedown. It sounds, you can tell it's the same person, but I I think her voice is just brilliant and also really multifaceted. I think she's great. Um, I was, I mean, I, did you know of her before, by the way? I'd okay. listened to this album once before because I, I wanted to include it on an earlier episode of Picky Bastards, but obviously Nirmal, Nirmal already knew it really well, so mm. I didn't. So I had a quick listen, um, but then it kind of fell off my radar. But, but yeah, I've, I've, now that I've listened to it a lot, I mean, I think it deserves a place on any album of the year list. I think it's a wow. really, really strong album. Um, wow. She's a good storyteller. I like the mix of sort of... There's a, there's a few up, upbeat tracks in there that give us a bit of the right atmosphere, but like it's really her slow sort of ethereal stuff that really shone for me. Um, Slipside on by and Astral Plane were my two favourites. Um, 
and I just yeah, I think it's a really a, a good choice, Nirmal. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, okay. Just like he critiques me when I pick an album blind but and Nermal it's not did something he this. likes. I know yeah. he did pick this, but yeah. still. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I can't get on board with the idea of a voice being irritating. I, th- I mean, it sounds like Nermal can, and even you can, Nermal. Yeah, even even though you. Yeah, it took me a while. Her first album, I was really, uh, you know, she sings about being in Tennessee a lot. Um, I think maybe she grew up in Tennessee. Right. Uh, but, but now she, you know, she's all over the place in New York and stuff. But I, she, her song sounds like it's, you know, coming out from some very strange orifice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Vocab is everything, really. I mean, just, just well, you know, or, make or wise just... choices, no more. Come on. <laughs> so, but it just—it's just I've never heard anything like it, and uh, I, uh, I love the melodies as well. You know, of course. So, you, did you get nothing out of this album, Nick? Then, really? Or... I mean, I really haven't got many notes to say on it because I, I just felt like I enjoyed it. It, it sort of went. It kind of slid past me to some extent. I wasn't really gripped by it, and I did find some of the vocals off-putting. So I, I think I, you know, maybe I should give it another go. I'm willing to willing to accept that. But I, I, there's nothing that leapt out at me as as kind of like very powerful about it. Um, and I think wow. it was, um, yeah. I think you might argue that some of it is in the genre of another album we're going to talk about in a minute that I picked, um, but only not executed to the same degree. Wow, but that's, wow, wow. You know, we wow. can. Yeah, this is going to be fun. As we move on. Um, <laughs> Let's jump on to the next one then. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to stick with Nermal for a minute, and Nermal, tell me if we haven't already spoken about it, which was your which was your favorite of the six new albums? The Residente. Okay. Uh, I loved this album um, so much um, because of uh, it was you know as it was kind of like a. Um, uh, greatest hits of greatest artists of all world music kind of coming together <laughs> or, or, or a bunch of world music artists coming together. I was surprised and enamored every time I, um, do you, do you know, happen to know if it's like a super group or something, or is it, are you just saying that in terms of its quality? Um, I, I don't know if it's a super, super group, I know, but it I, isn't. I've read a bit about it. It's not a super, but his, his aim, he said was to create an album that felt like a world music album or it wasn't initially his aim, but that's how it ended up. Okay. So I really just I was so enamored. Like so, it begins like with this Lin Manuel Miranda piece, and then it uh, it has the Tuvan singers in it. I mean, who has the Tuvan throat singers in a <laughs> sort of hip hop and rap uh, art, you know? And then it has Goran Bregovic from the Balkans in it, and it has um, just these amazing people from all over the world on it, and. Um, I was just, I loved it, even though I understood almost nothing in terms of lyrically from it. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what the heck was going on most of the time. But uh, musically, I was just, uh, I, was, I was loving it. I was loving every moment of it. Mm. All right. Would you say you're generally a fan of the genre? Or does any it, of the genres? Does it have a genre? Yeah, I don't know what genre it is, but okay. I love... Like so, exa- so, the, so the Tuvan song is probably you know I love the t- Tuvan throat singers, um, it's uh, and and so, they, you know they can do those multiple registers in that same voice, with one one voice they have this high and low simultaneously, through one one person singing it and and every song is about the love of horses, 
Um, so, <laughs> Are you being serious with that? I'm being serious. Yeah, every every single. And if you listen to it, you know, it sounds like every song is kind of like in this galloping sort of tone. Well, uh, what's happened? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, right. it's, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, but but then he mixes that into this kind of hip hop, you know, stuff, and it's it's pretty, uh, yeah, just amazing. Why don't you go into your commentary about it? Do you want me to Fran? jump in? Okay, well, um, I, I think me and Nirmal might fall out here. Um, see, I thought this was, I really, I was really excited about listening to this album, and I think the concept sounds great on paper. I think it's, you know, even though I don't understand, I understand a bit of Spanish, but I don't understand it all. I imagine this is quite a political album, but. For me, it was a mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> the was, world is a mess, isn't it? It was a, it? it was a very good concept, but for mm. me, it was terribly executed. Um, <laughs> I think I get why it's been fawned over and why it's in so many, because I've seen it on loads of best of the year lists, and obviously people do like it. We've just heard no more. Obviously people like it, but I think <laughs> I, for me, it's the concept is such an interesting original concept, and it's quite of the moment, which I thought you might pick as the answer to the question about 2017, mm. but um, but then just the music, for me, I mean, it's so dramatic. It's I, I just felt a bit... Is it a bit of Perfume Genesis for you? Oh, it might be worse. Wow. <laughs> he hates that album. I mean, I think I just felt really... Over- no, it's not worse than... Per- I'm going to take that back. It's not worse than Perfume Genius. But I felt really overwhelmed by by the sounds. It just felt... It just... It just buried me really um and yeah i just found it quite irritating sorry normal um and yeah. i don't think we can really defend it as you know symbolic or uh symptomatic of 2017 by being a mess because things are a mess i mean no but that's not, not why not I, what defense. i think is it's like no, a, no I'm, not, I'm not saying you're saying that i, I think that's <laughs> might be a, a defense that normal might have been implying earlier what i wanted from it when i when i sort of heard about it and saw what it was about was i, I thought you know it could have been a really powerful message in 2017 it's a puerto rican rapper it's bringing in lots of elements from all over the world it's you know there's a lot of messages that i felt could have been mm. intended or could have come across but for me uh, they didn't come across because i couldn't cope with things like throat singing and <laughs> banger and, and 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 all the yeah. stuff that was going on it was it was too, too much too much yeah i needed paracetamol okay, okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So I'm, I haven't got a hell of a lot to say after both your quite detailed uh, and totally <laughs> diametrically opposed opinions on it. But I will say that um, this is almost the, the album of all the ones we've done since we started this where I've had the biggest problem trying to find something to kind of dig into. And it's very obvious and simple answer to that. And that is fundamentally, if I'm anything, I'm a, personally, I'm, I'm a writer, really. I mean, I'm tra- it's a training. Like I'm a writer, you know? So... It's totally, I'm taking it on myself as, as my flaw here, but if I can't understand lyrically what's going on in an album, it's extremely difficult for me to get behind anything else in you it. could have Google translated it. <laughs> I could have done, yeah. Yeah. Could I, yeah. I, I, was, I was obviously too lazy to bother with that. But so I, I just, it was really, really hard to, to gain any traction on it. I, I did think it was, um, there was a lot going on. I can see where Fran's going with that. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but ultimately, if, if you can't, if I can't follow anything about it, I mean, when you say you thought it was a political album, probably, maybe. But I mean, I mean I'm, I, I'm, I'm just guessing. Exactly. We are guessing. I, I don't know if one knows any more about the language than, than we do, but uh, I, I have no access point to it. Yeah. And, and I think we're all at a loss, not understanding 
the yeah the so language. I'm not saying I hate it, therefore I'm saying I can't make a judgment of it for that reason. And it's, that's my fault, not the album's fault. Yeah. I mean, I think to talk about the language, I think that's what I assumed would be the, the barrier for me with this album. I mean, even though, you know, I do speak a little bit of Spanish, but um, I didn't, it wasn't the barrier in the end. The barrier was was something more than that. I, I don't think if it had all been in English and I'd understand every, every word, I would have been able to get into the, mm. the style of it. Is, I think this is a, a world music genre uh, an album for people who love world music as a genre, yeah, it, because it has like so many of those uh, kind of you know greatest hits sort of from people in that genre, uh, and so they they kind of see it. So it's it, you know I can imagine a bunch of like a it just seemed like a big party basically of, of mm. world music um, artists getting together and, and just putting together something that's that's a lot of fun. Um, and the celebration of kind of, you know, it, it, so many of the 2017 albums that we, we talk about, especially that are rap or hip hop, are pretty dark and and, uh, and angry and about exclusion and, and about being uh, isolated. And uh, in, in many ways, this, the, the, the nature of the bringing together of all of these world music artists mm. in this world was about uh, uh, sort of communal bonding over sound. That's a really, really well put defense, I think, of the album. And again, I'm not, I'm not slating. In a way, all three of us have got as different opinions as we can have. One, one loves it, one hates it, and one can't speak to it. But I think that's a really good defense of, of what you're saying about it being an album that's based in something positive. And in that, it's, in that respect alone, it deserves some kind of time or credit. You yeah, know? it's a good defense. I mean, it's, it's not changed my mind, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever changes your mind, then. But no, I think, you know, I, I do think. There is something in that, though, that it's maybe if you, world music is nothing that I've ever spent any time with. I think it's it's a very specific. But then obviously it's made a lot. It's had a lot of traction this year. It's made a lot of top fifty lists all over the place. So I'm good on it. You know, I'm not. I'm not. It's it's just not not for me. I'm glad you put it on there because like, I had never heard it. <laughs> okay, well, it was from, me, it was from your list, normal. So um, you put it on there. Yeah, in fact, you put it on there. Nice. Right. Okay, so let's move along. What's what's going so on next? So I don't know if we've already mention the album nick but what i wanted to if, if we mentioned your least favorite album yet from the list uh okay um i uh well i probably would have said st vincent but i have a second wow. place for this okay which is uh the the sza album scissor scissor um <laughs> control which is control by scissor um which to me um i actually thought it was uh sounded it was it was well produced and uh you know polished and all those kind of things but it was extremely uh facile i've got to be honest and just say it seemed really facile the topics it was talking about i uh didn't think were worth writing about in many cases and uh it sounded as well extremely like the frank ocean album that i think we did did we do that last year we talked about it we talked about it before we started recording the podcast podcast. yeah Yeah, so it sounded very very like the frank ocean album which um you know is is not a bad thing because i thought that frank ocean album was was all right in some ways but um it just seemed like a, a kind of quite uh flat version um of that um what else do i want to say um it did. It did have a good sort of ability to move between singing and uh, sort of flow rapping. Um, so I think I thought that was a, to its credit. Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I, it just felt it felt like something that didn't 
And there was an awful lot of buzz around it, so I was quite excited to hear it, but it just felt like in the end it didn't really have much to say for me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in because, uh, once again, me and Nick are in, in massive disagreement. <laughs> um, on paper, though, this, this would... You say you're excited to hear it. On paper, this was the one that I was least looking forward to, mm. to listening to. Uh, there's a lot about it that I assumed I wouldn't like, but it probably turned out to be my favourite album on this list other than The National. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, for me, you just said you found it quite facile. For me, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. Um, I think what was so immediate about it and what really grabbed me was how honest and raw the songs are. And um, I think in this genre, usually, I'm, I'm used to hearing, because I don't listen to a lot of this genre, but when I do mm-hmm. hear stuff, it's often people singing about how, how beautiful they are or how, how everyone wants to be with them or be them. Whereas here it felt like just a, a young woman airing sort of all her insecurities and talking about the things she puts herself through for a bit of affection and to prevent herself from being lonely. Um, the song Drew Barrymore, which I don't know why it's called Drew Barrymore. I'm never going to work that out. But yep. it was probably my favourite on the album. And I think it kind of sums up my feelings on this album. Like some of these lines on their own sound, they don't, you know, it's not amazing writing, but I think the whole concept of the album sort of, so there's lines with, starts the song with, why is it so hard to accept the party is over? Then there's lyrics like, I get so lonely, I forget what I'm worth. I'm so ashamed, I think I need therapy. Lonely enough, I let you treat me like this. Do you really love me or just want to lay me down? And I think the album for me was all about the again. It's another 2017 album, or or this, you know, dealing with the emotion of the expectations of someone this age and someone who's doing things that they wouldn't normally do just to to have a relationship, have someone in their life. I thought it was a really confessional, really interesting album. Um, and I did, I've also it, written about Frank Ocean. I've also written about Frank Ocean. Just get over it. Because <laughs> the thing that stopped me from liking the Frank Ocean album, it was the lyrics were so distant and so obscure. Mm. Whereas here, she really, you know, there's I none of she that. Was, I thought she was very honest. I'm, I, I'll give her credit for that. I thought she was very open and very honest, and that's, that's, a, that's a good thing in general. I just thought in the end, I, then, what... She didn't really have anything to say about no, it. I, I just felt like it was. Couldn't disagree more. Though. She was just sort of saying, "I'm, I'm lonely." Uh, but it was like, a real gonna... frank sort of emo. It was a really emotional, really frank admission of loads of like feelings that people go through because of the society we live in and the the expectations okay. and. Okay. And I just thought I thought it was really powerful. What, um, what do you want to interject, Nermal? Boo hoo, boo hoo! Life is so hard. I'm so lonely. <laughs> You just oh, have no sympathy I, for, for... I get shot down just because I look the way I do. Boo-hoo. <laughs> wow, you are so Why forgiving. Just, yeah. Do you want to give us your actual opinion? I liked it. <laughs> okay. Would you like some Snickers or something? I'm also confused by Drew Barrymore as the the song title, but it was it had a great melody to it, didn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. song. Uh, it was really really nice, um, <laughs> and uh, it was very raw. And uh, and the Doves in the Wind was was really harsh. I mean, that was, yep. that was hard to listen to, you know. About uh, can't I just yeah, just it was really painful. So, um, I thought, you know, in terms of having something to say, uh, I think, you know, I I feel like she has a lot to say, but it's a lot of, um, working through some very central trauma. 
Um, so it feels a little like repetitive, I think, to me, uh, because uh, it's it's a constant kind of going around the maybe a, the same sort of issue, which was for me as I was like constantly the sexual trauma is insistent, you know, all throughout. And uh, and so for that reason, I thought maybe maybe it's a bit repetitive, but it's I mean it's it's raw and intense and and kind of hard to listen to. Wow, and she has cool. an amazing voice as well. I would say. I, I think, know. I think she's um, got a good voice. Yeah. Which I think, you know, the the again a bit like I said about the Saint Vincent, the sort of the darkness can some you can sometimes forget the darkness if you're not listening carefully because of the of the voice. But I just think it's, it's a standout in this kind of genre. And like you're so used to singers like Beyonce just singing about how amazing they are, and yeah. it just it was just really it was I find it really refreshing, and okay. I can see why it's been so highly rated. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I'd say uh, to modify my thinking slightly that I hope that more comes through from her and I think that it might develop in its complexity in in later things because I Mm. think she's got a lot of skills. Um, But I don't know. I mean, to use the the term trauma, I mean, that just sounds so much more intense than I got got from it. I just didn't... Oh, I definitely know. Yeah. I mean, I think the trauma of being a... I mean, she's she's very young, and the trauma maybe is different to what you experienced as a as a young person. Quite, How do you know? Quite a while back. Well, you know, I can't imagine you, know? you went through the same what I would call trauma. And yeah, I mean, I I would agree with the word trauma definitely. I want to point out as well, just just because I think it adds a bit more credence to this album. I think Obama picked it as his album of the year. So okay, you know, there you go. I think that says it all, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's it now. It's easily my favorite album of the year. That's, that's <laughs> what do you all think Trump's album of the year would be? Um, not Residente. Some, <laughs> yeah, um, Some country song. Nothing on this list. Nothing on this list would... No. Yeah. No, I can't see it. I can't see it. All right. Has he written an, an album himself of anything? Because that would be his favorite album of the year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. probably been featured on something like on the Muppets or something. Fox News theme tune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of those. All right. So, uh, what's next then? So, I think I'm going to talk about the National now. My album of the year. Right. Um, so, the Nationals. Sleep well, beast. Sleep well, beast. Let me find my notes, and I'll be back with you. You two, you know, talk among yourselves for. No, it's okay. I've done now. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I want to point. I want to start out by talking about how predictable I am. Um, <laughs> so. Last year, I picked Radiohead as my album of the year. And this year, I've gone with The National. So, okay, yeah, I'm very predictable. <laughs> um, I do listen to other stuff. But, but I think in both cases, we've seen an example of a band actually reaching a late career peak that rivals, if not betters, a lot of what's come before it. Um, for me, this is such a strong album, which maintains the tone and feel of, of the music that's in their fan base, but also pushes some real new boundaries for one of the first times. Um, I know it's only sort of a bit of electronic and a bit of synths, but it's a hearing the stuff on Walk It Back and Guilty Party and Sleep Well Beast, um, the song Sleep Well Beast. It, I thought it was quite impressive how they managed to make these changes without compromising their sound. Um, for me, it also has the best opener they've done since Fake Empire in the song uh, Nobody Else Will Be There. Um, and I love how they switch the sort of energy levels again and again in the first six songs. Um, sort of the one-two punch at the start of an emotional ballad in Nobody Else Will Be There, followed by uh, sort of an, an angry, energetic song with The Day I Die. 
And then for me, if we're talking about combinations of songs, it's got the best run of free songs on any of their albums so far for me with um, from Empire Line, I'll Still Destroy You and Guilty Party, um, which I think is where the album really levels out and hits its peak. And I'll Still Destroy You, which I just mentioned, is for me possibly a career, career best for them and, and definitely a top five national song. Um, lyrically, it's incredible. Only maybe Baby Will Be Fine from Alligator would better it. Um, and yeah, just again, they they blow my mind with the lyrics and with I think there's a lyric in um, in I'll Still Destroy You, which is up there with the best, which is the sky is getting white and I can't find a lighter anywhere. I'm going crazy, but I'm not crazy. Put your heels against the wall. I think you've got a little bit taller since I saw you. I'll still destroy you. And I think that last line sort of talks about where the real power of this album comes from. It's um, finally them really relishing in the themes of like family and relationships and and yeah, I just think it's an incredible album, which. Uh, seven albums in and at their age I was I was really impressed with so I'd love to hear one of your thoughts no we'll go for it so I love The National and I've been a big fan of theirs since I was introduced to them I think like five years I ago I a negative coming there I, I do as well <laughs> uh, I I had some difficulty finding where where the new bow, new contours of sound and lyric were for the national here um i i thought the um sorrowness of his voice you know behringer's voice was still there i thought uh the irony was still there i think he seems almost reluctant to uh you know say his next word most of the time yeah uh which is kind of awesome and 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 uh annoying at the same time but really kind of <laughs> kind of moving but but uh i don't know if there's anything on this for me that was any better than high violet or um uh, or the yeah, album uh, boxer. Boxer, boxer 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 phenomenal so I just, uh, yeah, I had trouble. I mean, I enjoyed the album, but I don't. I just don't know. I think I would still prefer to listen to their older ones. Well, uh, he's he's going to break down into tears now <laughs> before I even begin. Um, so for me, um, it's interesting he says about the Radiohead selection. Mm. Uh, yeah, he, he is predictable, first of all. Um, but the Radiohead selection, <laughs> the Radiohead selection, um, I agree with a lot more than I do in this one. Um, the Red Dead Selection, to me, it is a close to a peak for them, uh, and it is managing quite remarkably to do something fresh after this many years. Um, I think my biggest concern was that I heard a lot of comments and reviews and stuff at the time when the album came out saying it was quite radical, it was mm. quite a departure. Um, and I, uh, to be fair, on the National, I think they're in a real rock-and-a-hard-place sort of situation uh, at the moment, or at this point in their career, because they have a sound... It has worked very well for them, and they've had great albums. And I'll say, as I've said before, that I really love this band in general. Um, they have a lot of those those kind of tones and that kind of style. Um, so, but if they do it again and again, you'll get the reaction like Nermal just gave us, which is, I feel like I could have heard the previous album, and it would have been mm. at least as good, if not better. Or they can try and do something a bit more energetic, a bit more uh, maybe danceable or you know electronic and those kind of things. And if they do that, they risk the other the other side of it, which is this isn't them or this doesn't work for them. It's not playing to their strengths, you yeah. know. So I totally sympathise with their situation, and it's a dilemma. And I, don't, I, you know, they've tried to resolve it in the best way they can. 
to me, songs like Day I Die don't work that well. Um, and that's oh, the Day reason is... incredible song, man. <laughs> <laughs> Day I Die, to me, doesn't, doesn't work that well because um, the energy doesn't fit with particularly his vocal position in the mix. It, it, he's so low. I mean, it, it just pitch-wise, he's so low, and, it, and he's, but he's quite prominent. It's really hard to get the energy to, to really come across, I think. It's not styled in a way and that's not a I mean you know he has the voice he has and and I think his voice is is beautiful on many many tracks that's an example one where it doesn't work that well so some of those some of those cases I I was concerned that they were trying to reach for something that that wasn't playing to their strengths but as as Nermal implies or says they also risk the other side of that and and I sometimes felt like that like this is a good song is it better than say Fake Empire is it better than something off off High Violet you know some of those late songs in the last three songs of High Violet which I love um, but I just don't know that it was. So to me, um, I you know I didn't I didn't hate the album. I think it's it's nice, it's interesting, but I don't love it, and that's that's really why. What was his 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 other project? It was it LV or LVI? Yeah, LVI. Like that to me sounded really different from the National. I mean, yeah, that's. I suppose it's there's only two people involved with the album, wasn't it? So it's not as as big a band. They haven't got to um, and it is it is different. For me, though, I think I, I don't. I mean, I, I take on board what you guys are both saying, but I think um, I don't think they'll ever change too much. And I think, as I think I said when I used them as my um, my introduction on an earlier podcast, I don't. You know, they've got this fan base that loves them for what they are. And yep. I think for me, the little changes that they made in this album, like just bringing in a few little different things, is, is enough of an evolution for me mm. and I think for the majority of their fans and maybe I think, it was just because it was sold to me not by you but sold yeah. to me by various things as radical it shouldn't have been and called it radical, didn't come across no. as radical no to it's me. not it radical it came across as nuanced mm. it's not radical and it's not um, but I think that's a radical departure I think they're not the kind of band that would yeah, should do a radical. They're not departure. a Radiohead in that no. sense are they? no they're yeah. not no. So, yeah, and they're not the kind of band that should like do that. a radical departure I don't think because I think there's a very specific thing that think people love about them. Mm. And I think for me, this album does that specific thing very well with mm. a few new additions. And it does have, I mean, that run of three songs that I mentioned again, Empire Line, I Still Destroy You and Guilty Party, they're up with their best songs for me. Mm. Um, and you're both wrong about that. Okay. It's, it's a, you know, <laughs> I, my analogy would be, it's a little bit like what you two did in their last album, right? I mean, it's, it's, wow. it's, a, it's a very long time since I listened he to just, you two, so I, I can't comment on that. He no just punched part. me because you weren't here. <laughs> like, I, I just got, you know, like a beating just because of that. I mean, it just it seems so wrong that you should make that statement from far away. Um, I, I, I can't comment. I have no comment to make. Um, but what are you, any songs that you guys thought particularly stood out or was there nothing that stood out to you? Um, I like Day I Die actually quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that one I, it was my least favorite. I, I liked uh, System of Dreams in Total Darkness to some extent. I liked um, I liked the one the, the, one of the three that you referred to, Guilty Guilty Party. Guilty Party. Yeah, yes. um, yeah. There was some there was some nice stuff on there. Um, yeah. So uh, it, you know, I, I don't know how a band proceeds. This is why the bands that I've stuck with for for long periods generally are ones that do really really oddball things. You know, like mm. Pidgey Harvey from. From uh, you know, dry to white chalk, you know, to, with with songs from the city in between. That is mm. a weird set of albums. And Radiohead is an obvious classic example of that as well. So, um, if you're going to release, what is it, seven albums or nine albums? They're on seven now. Seven albums, yeah. If yeah. you're going to release seven albums, then it's really going to get harder and harder to, to keep, you know, performing that way and making something new. So yeah. 
I mean, I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah's are in the same boat. You know, if they if they kind of stop producing stuff for a while, but mm. you know, not a one. They're gonna have a. They're just having a hard time, I think, finding. Uh, they are. They are. And I actually liked in that case. I liked their more strange, more more electronic stuff they did later on. Some of it. The last album was pretty weak, but some of it we'll talk about another time. But but um, you know, the, the the there was a bit of a change of direction. People hated it. I think people hated that. So I can see mm. what Fran means. Uh, you know, they're, they're the risking a lot to just that keep much. doing this like, album again and again. I'll be happy. It's. I think that's the thing. Though. I think they've got such an ardent fan base who love the band for what they are. That I think they are a band that can keep releasing similar-ish albums mm. but i mean for me this did test boundaries and it did it did make changes mm. and lyrically it's it's a little bit different there's more of a sort of i think there's more storytelling in some of the lyrics and for me i think it, it made enough change and i think that's what they've always done for me the national i think each album's been a little bit different from what came before mm. um and and that's kind of enough in my eyes i don't need someone to drastically change right every right. time okay although i like i like bands that do as well yeah but i don't need that so uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, why don't we give? Is there a particular structure now? I just want to no, pick one of the others. No, okay, got... so why don't we? Um, in that case, uh, I'll give Fran a gift, and uh, he can talk about Oxbow. Oxbow. Yeah, do you want to talk about Oxbow? Yeah, I mean Oxbow. To be honest, I'll start about Oxbow, but there's not loads. I'm gonna say um, because. I can't find my notes. Um, <laughs> That's why you're going to say bugger all, yeah. <laughs> because I just didn't didn't feel anything about this album, really. Um, it was... You talked about... Um, actually, one thing I did feel strongly about this album, you talked about Valerie June's voice being annoying. This guy's <laughs> voice was... <laughs> well, was he dying? He restrained himself. Was he being, he was he being killed swearing. throughout the album? Um, that was that was the one thing that stood out to me. He just he, his voice was a bit horrible, but um, he had a hamburger in his mouth the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. One, yeah, another thing. I can't understand how this is anybody's second favorite album of the year. I just can't. I mean, the, the guy actually deep cuts who included the national in their top twenty, by the way. Yeah, they did, which they were correct about. Yeah. Um, and also included a few others we've spoken about in the past. Um, mm which I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, there were so many better albums in their top 20 than the Oxbow album for me. Um, there was a track I liked. And this was, his num- this was his number one, wasn't it? This was number, number two. So- number Somi two, was, right. Somi or Somi was number one. Right, right, right. Got it. And Somi or Somi is 50,000 times better than the Oxbow album, I would say. Um, there's a track called A Gentleman's Gentleman that I kind of liked a little bit, but I'm I'm done. <laughs> Um, let me jump in then and say uh, I'm, I'm really um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased I can give Fran this gift uh, of saying that I really really like this album. I'm not surprised. I would have picked this as well, my, if I'd to. picked a favourite of not not including my own personal pick for the album of the year. This might have been it. Um, and... I knew you'd like it while I was listening to it. I, I knew it, <laughs> and that's why you hated it. No, um, <laughs> I think um, things I liked about it was it was very like so it did. And this is to the point of crossing the line into a little too much sometimes. It, it did sound very like Slint to me, the 90s band Slint, if you know them or into them, who I really, really like um, and uh, are very um, uh, kind of narrative based in the way they sort of almost speak through, talk through songs. But he he has a vocal versatility I really enjoyed, actually. He, this he guy. moved, Yeah, he so moved around things. He was doing these, <laughs> these weird kind of like screeches and then and then uh, suddenly he would speak like a normal you know like a just normal narrative sentence and then next it would be like a high pitch it was just it was a weird selection it was jagged i'm not suggesting it was beautiful um i'm suggesting it was 
engaging. It was it, you didn't know where it was going to turn next, and I thought um, you know that was worth something. Uh, so yeah, to me it was it was also reminding me a little bit of the way that Idols album worked, uh, only a much slower down version. Mm. Um, and I, and I you know I've I've kind of I, I don't think I was actually that fair on that album during that podcast we did a while ago. I feel like I've actually that's grown it's grown me a little bit and um, uh, something that's that's kind of aggressive uh, and dark um, and but stripped down and spare at the same time. So. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about idols now, or I'm talking about both of them to both some extent. Them. But yeah. uh, I mean, the idols is a bit more, bit more mental, of course. But the Oxbow, uh, the Oxbow album was good. I would not put it in my top three or five or possibly ten of the year. Um, but it, you know, certainly not. It's not there. But um, it was, it was an interesting album, and I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, and again, if you, if you, if anyone is a fan of Slint, I would recommend trying it out. And if you, if you're not a fan of Slint, then definitely try them out. They've been. Um, they've been like they've had one classic album from about 25 years ago that everyone loves. So and they like Oxbow. <laughs> <laughs> they like Oxbow. Uh, they're better than Oxbow. They're right. much better than Oxbow. But I think there's a similarity there. Come on, Nimmo. Take Go a side. Take a side. Yeah, pick a side. Oh man, this was definitely the least pleasant album. <laughs> on, is that a bad on... thing though? Is is that a bad thing to be least pleasant? That's my question. Yes. Okay, so we're looking for like smooth. I think pleasant's uh, maybe because pleasant's not a great word, but <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, it, it, uh, I'll stick with pleasant because okay. it was so pleasant. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really would listen to it, and, and I just thought he was uh, he was a predator and awfully. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> me, you know, cruel. I mean, there's there's a song. I don't know what it was, but he's he, it just sounds like he's a you know, possessed by some kind of demon and, and coming after me. And, and it's really scary. So <laughs> again, is that a bad thing? <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's very, uh, we got to be mem- careful of getting into the mo- mode where we consider good albums to be the ones that are the most polished. Cause that's not always the case. Oh no, definitely not. To that degree. Definitely not. So either, but, okay. I, but I, I also don't want an album that, you know, feels like, uh, a colonoscopy violation. <laughs> <laughs> you both went with the same thing. Which is what this like to be. I mean, I'm. Oh I'm audio colonoscopy. I feel like I'm starting to like it less even as we talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is good because um, now Fran has been, now he's, you know, we kind of not slated, but sort of taken down national a little bit. Like he's, he's been able to like hate on me a bit for this Oxbow choice. There's so. more to come of that today, um, mate. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm so surprised. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Nermal, do you ask, is there any particular track that you hated more than any others? Or um, is there any track that was redeemed itself? Was the second or third track where it was just like this? <laughs> Are you playing the album right there? Because that sounds just like it. That's amazing. Wow! You should start a band <laughs> and then send it to Deep Cuts, and you'll make the top twenty of the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Deep Cuts picked the other album that we loved, so don't. Yeah, no. To be fair, though, the list was good. Yeah, the list had a lot of good stuff Apart from on this it. one and a few others. Yeah. So uh, okay. Well, that's great then. So uh, I'm I'm on my own on this one, but I, I would defend it, and I, I still think. And are you a Slint fan, Normal? Do you know him? I don't know Slint actually. Okay, check it out. Spy, Spiderland, I think the album's could, called. It's, it's maybe just, they just that. one album, and it's one really good. Introductions later could in the do. in could the do. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could yeah, do. Actually, next one. Although not if it's like at Oxford. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got uh, we've, we've got, got one Kendrick. album left, and then my first. So we have to go with Kendrick now. I don't want to say have to, like, it's a total tra- trauma to do so. But, I'll, um, I'll start us off with You go, go for it, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And so uh, can I ask before you start, even though, how, what did you think of Pimp Butterfly? Well, that's almost in my first point, that? so okay, I'll, 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 I'll go with that. Um, so I, I liked Pimp Butterfly a lot. Um, I got into it, but, but for me, personally, I preferred this album, which I know you are not going to agree with, Nick. Because um, I know not only because I know how much you love to pimp a butterfly, uh, which is a good album. I don't think this album had a, a song as good as Black of the Berry or How Much a Dollar Cost, but as an overall album, I preferred it. And I think that's partly down to because it's it's a bit more in the tradition of the hip hop I grew up listening to, with just like a lot of songs that made me want to like walk about, like I was cool for a bit. And um, I just felt this. It's just so it just sounds so confident on this album that it kind of. It just really grabbed me. It's really infectious, and I think there's a few songs on there that I um, I loved, like "Humble," which I think was a single element. Um, "Loyalty," which was the one with Rihanna, which I, I also think Nick's going to disagree with me about, <laughs> um, just because it's got Rihanna on and Nick Nick can't handle Rihanna or women singing about the feelings and stuff. So that's not true. <laughs> I'm just um, going to stay totally silent on this. You just you just go for it. Um, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. So I'm going to say this. I wasn't completely sold on Kendrick after To Pimp a Butterfly. I am completely sold on him now. I think he's he's immensely talented. Um, and he's very interesting. And I think this album maybe wasn't as political, which maybe some people will see it wasn't as as. as good I as... I think it's very political. It's still political, but I don't yeah. think it's as political as To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's as relentlessly political which I think some people might see as a negative but then I think I had a bit more fun with some of the songs of this album another song I want to mention which I really really enjoyed was Love which the reason I want to mention it is because I I, I read an interview with the guy who sings on Love which is his name's Zakari Zakari yeah Um, so he had written a song which was that basically that song and he'd played it to Kendrick and he'd heard it and he said oh can can I borrow that song for an hour and he came back to him two hours later and he'd, he'd changed quite a lot of the music in the background he'd written he'd, he'd written his lyrics to that song and it was like wow. two hours later and that song was as it is now and it, Sakari talks about how much it sort of improved it and just it just shows what a talented confident writer he is and I think he, he, he's very impressive I was really impressed with this album that's amazing no, what, did you think the album? what did you think of the song with you too? I liked it when I saw you two were on it I was a bit Shocked, um, but I did you wish like it was the national instead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have made it even better, wouldn't it? But I like, yeah. I did like that song, I did, and, and you couldn't yeah. fully tell it was Bono, it didn't sound quite as smarmy as usual. So, <laughs> I liked it, it was a good song. I don't think there's a bad song on this album, personally. Um, I think it's a great album. No, we'll go for it. Yeah, I like this, I like this album. I, um, I think I would still prefer, you know, um. The Pimp and Butterfly. Um, I would also, I will say though that I think Duckworth was an amazing story and mm. uh, staggering in its rhymes and execution. It was just just stunning and, and storytelling. I mean, I had this. I have these two characters in my head. You know, I I, I I can see them. I can see their streets and where they're living and just so vivid and uh to 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 end on that you know all, all i gotta say is uh, you know damn jeez <laughs> oh, well done well done yeah Very soul. Very soul. just to Thank mention you. to go back on duck with the reason probably i didn't pick that as one of my 
it's, it's an incredible song and an incredible story, but I think what grabbed me with this album that I didn't mention before is it's the hooks that really grabbed me with him and it probably didn't have a hook mm. like some of the other albums. It's, it is an incredible song, but uh, yeah, it was that was the one thing missing from that one for me. So it's really nice to get to a point in every podcast, well, there's a moment in every podcast when we actually we align. Really? And um, I really like this album. I thought it was very strong uh, in um, almost every respect. I think he's obviously... A massive talent. Um, I mean, I think it would be ridiculous to argue against that now uh, on this album and the previous one and, and the one before that, in point of fact. Um, and I thought the album had a lot of complexity, uh, a lot of interesting political themes. Um, I thought it was very jarring after Pimp Butterfly. Uh, and although I do love Pimp Butterfly and probably still hold the album above this one, um, I thought um, this one worked really well for the times uh, the times we're in in terms of this fragmentation, this disillusionment about things, and you know that kind of like the opening story about the you know the, the woman in the street. Mm. Um, all those moments were really great. Um, it had some beautiful music on behind it as well, um, uh, with the exception of the song featuring Rihanna, <laughs> uh, which I did not like. I thought it was. Um, I, I find her voice just. Just immediately off-putting, just really oh, yeah. annoying. I don't listen to her music, um, but I think she's got a great voice, personally. Oh, yeah. So um, the U2 thing was um, was okay. I, I, I don't know really. I don't think it added much to have U2 in it. Um, uh, but I, And I, I could see... I just I just couldn't get past the sense that they were just jumping on the bandwagon, basically, mm. you know, to be there. And, I, and I'm, I'm rather surprised he, he went with it. But there you go. Um, but You're no, I mean, that doesn't mean... Rihanna? Sorry? You're surprised he went with Rihanna? No, 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 on the YouTube. Oh, the YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rihanna's yeah. huge still, yeah. but but you too, you know, you know where, where they stand right now. So, mm. um, but no, the, the narratives were really fascinating. Um, I think obviously what drew me to Pin Butterfly, uh, the, the Polish production was really nice and the kind of mix of soul and blues and that kind of stuff. But um, the other issue, um, uh, you know, the, the issue that I didn't like about Pin Butterfly sometimes was it was so polished, it was a little bit too much, you know, when, mm. when the Thundercat production sort of did a bit of overkill on it so i think this this album you know had that over over the uh over pen butterfly which is which is really good so no i i, I don't want to don't want to slate to the exception of a oh. couple of semi-dubious features um i thought it was really good really good i mean we can't i mean i've got to just say rihanna i can't see her as a dubious feature for someone like this because it's she's the biggest she's yeah. huge isn't she and yeah and in the audience that, he doesn't have to go to. with that just because she's the biggest per- i mean there's loads of people who are massive stars yeah. Who he could have gone with. You know, he could have gone with Ed Sheeran, couldn't he? For me, I think it's... He's the biggest star on Spotify, on Spotify yeah. right now, isn't he? So. Which Eminem's done, hasn't he, on his last album? Oh, no, really? Album. But Loyalty's one of the best songs on the album, mate. No. So, yeah. no. so I thought Duckworth as well was, was excellent, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, was it Element or Feel? One of those, somewhere near the style. Anyway, so yeah, yeah it, was very, it was consistent in its quality, if not consistent in its sort of style and stuff. So uh, I really enjoyed it. We have an agreement, people. Okay, and that was soon to end. Uh, so now I guess I, I'm onto the we're onto the last one. Your album right? of the year, mate. My album of the year. So um, I'm going to talk about Father John Misty's Pure Comedy, um, and um, not for the first time, my album of the year has kind of come out of left field for me and um, surprised me. It's something that I wouldn't have expected to get into. Wouldn't have expected to get in, get a lot of kind of fans so sort of gripping and compelling. Uh, mostly because it's a genre that I don't, I'm not that fussed about really. You would expect me if you were to go with like a cliched reaction to to look for something that was like slightly more electronic or processed or 
you know, or, or trip hoppy or something. But but this album um, is really uh, powerful in terms of its political statements, which are consistently very nuanced, but all, and, and consistently cynical, but very nuanced. Um, I love his dark humor in things. I think there's a lot of people who criticized his um, him being kind of uh, preachy, um, and I, I, I take that on board as a, as a criticism, but I think there was also a fair amount of times when he's sort of self-effacing as well, so I think that kind of somewhat, not entirely, uh, is, is a defense against that. But, I mean, in general, um, it was also so beautiful. It reminded me a lot of Beck's uh, Sea Change, uh, if you remember that album from 2002, maybe, um, the first of his really beautiful acoustic albums, uh, but with with even bigger production than that, so I, I thought it was, and, and in a way, it wasn't a question of I didn't choose, I didn't think to myself, this is my album of the year, so much as I just came back to it so much. It just, it just really, um, because the stories were so interesting, and, and things like the, the the leaving LA, the the very, um, I think it's thirteen minutes or something, it's a yeah, long it's song, thirteen minutes, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, was really, I mean, it, it takes a lot for me to focus for that time on a narrative that's so lyrically based, but, but I could, I got through it. You know, I, I get through it a lot. In fact, I, I think it's a really great track. He said in, in an interview, I saw that he wrote it to, to be as long as the drive to get to, I think the freeway from his house or something. So he wanted to write this kind of long narrative about his, his uh, rootedness, his attempts to root himself in, in a, a new place. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, I saw uh, a video recently, which I know has been floating around for quite a while, of him ranting on stage. I don't know if any of the you have seen this about the yeah, election yeah. Uh, and what was going on and how absurd the situation was, where he's like an entertainer in that context. Um, and to me, if you compare this to the St. Vincent uh, trying to make a statement about the, the modern world and, and various in, in a cynical in cynical terms, um, or maybe in realistic terms, to be honest. Uh, this is far more uh, clever, subtle, witty, engaging, etc. So um, I think that's that's about all I want to say about it. So why don't we go with Nermal or, well, either one. But okay, Nermal. Nermal. Yeah, I loved this album so much. Uh, <laughs> and I, leaving L.A., so the best moment, really, leaving L.A., the 13-minute song mm-hmm. starts what him on a hill thinking about the big earthquake hitting and destroying the city and watching dogs and <laughs> run around and stuff up until um uh, falling in like learning to love music after having choked on a on a sweet yeah handy yeah and realizing that the world doesn't really care about a child dying in supermarkets and i was just in tears you know by that it gave me chills and uh, made me so sad and and went back to it over and over and over again uh, i heard that one song you know 15 20 times over the past couple of weeks mm. uh which might explain my dramatic increase in zoloft consumption <laughs> Uh, just, and cynicism. And, I've just been on antidepressants like you wouldn't believe that. <laughs> uh, but I love it. It is brilliant and so funny. Uh, so funny. Uh, I, I thought the uh, the song of uh, what, what is it? The um, 
Both Sides song. Um, uh, gosh, gosh, gosh. This is the one about the um, the one I'm going to refer to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Two wildly different perspectives, mm. um, which was so funny. Um, you yeah. know, just talk about opposition point of views that are actually the same, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mutually assured destruction. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's interesting as well, compared just to drop in one thing about the St. Vincent again, is the St. Vincent, I think, turns the cynicism and tries to dress it in in pop, in kind of energetic pop, which I can see where that we've already talked about that. This does something that's just more, in a way, straightforward, which is it really dresses it in something very poignant and beautiful in that respect. And uh, anyway, for me, that worked better. But I just it's just interesting how they both dealt with come to a circumstance and they're both intelligent, capable musicians and writers. They've come to a circumstance that's very, a very difficult time in, in culture, in Western culture, and uh, they've dealt with it in, in a very different way, you know? So I thought that was really interesting. Sorry, Nimal, I feel like I've cut you off. Though. Is there anything you want to say uh, additionally? That's right. that's right. I think the only song I didn't like was Smoochie. I was kind of annoyed by it. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, the word Smoochie, isn't it? Really? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be smooched after you know, hearing all of this horrible stuff and it, you know he's very self-deprecating and uh and ironic uh to a point where i do start to also think you know this is uh a little self-defeating but i, I think the humor uh persisted throughout and it was it was uh, it was really just poignant i loved it so let's end on a on a really <laughs> upbeat um, kind of positive spin. I'm sure yeah. Fran's going to jump in now and tell us how much you love this album. I'm assuming. Well, this album made me feel like I'd um, I'd, I'd got on a mega bus to go down to London, and I'd got stuck. <laughs> That's a cheap coach bus service down to London. Yeah, I'd got stuck next to someone's granddad, and he had decided to rant <laughs> relentless at me all the way to London. And every time I put my headphones in, he would take them out and carry on talking to me, oh. and. <laughs> And I might have agreed with that granddad's views in a lot of in a lot of the time that he was talking to me, but I wished he would stop patronising me and uh, and forcing them down my throat. Wow, you should really um, see this Ranny did online and on, yeah. on stage because look it up because he's he's much more extreme than this in that case. It, it was just I think I'll go back a little bit and say when I started listening to it, I, I still love the first song, Pure Comedy. Um, I think that's my favourite. Well, it's definitely my favourite song on the album, and I think. I, if I, if this album was maybe eight songs long, I might have liked it. But it's seventy five minutes long. One of the songs is thirty minutes long. Especially you love the long one, eh? Oh god! <laughs> and it's it's the same all the way through. It's this, it, I found this such a samey album. I, I couldn't actually. When you're mentioning songs, I can't differentiate. I don't know the difference between the songs on this mm. album. It's just a, it's a very very seamless. You mean seamless? Man. That's what you're saying. Seamless, yes. <laughs> seamless rant on a mega bus. Um, <laughs> But I get why people like it. I do think he's funny. I do think he's witty. I do think... Um, I do get it. And I do think... I, I, I agree with his politics. But I just don't need them to be quite so shoveled down my throat um, right. in that way. And I, I just... He's a good storyteller, though. Isn't storytelling really vivid? He's a storyteller, but every story is the same. And he tells them for 75 minutes. So can I just be clear? Can I just be clear? Was this, is, is St. Vincent or this a better album? I prefer the St. Vincent album. Wow. Uh, so an album no. with a track like Pills, it's just like Pills, Pills, we take Pills, no. we all take Pills. Yeah, yeah but you're picking, one, you're picking one song out there, which is the least nuanced song. And I think um, oh. for St. Vincent, I didn't feel quite as... I felt like it... I think maybe what separates those two albums, St. Vincent was by far not my favourite on this. Um, yeah, yeah. I prefer her older, yeah, her older albums. But what separates them for me is that I felt like um, 
I knew I was listening to a different song each time. I never knew I was listening to a different song on this album. It just felt like the same song again and again. Um, and not a song that I loved at any point. But I, I do, you know, I get it. I get why people... And also, one thing that held me back from it, maybe, and this was maybe this was a bigger issue than I've let myself believe, is that he sounds exactly like Elton John. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just right. kept expecting him to start singing about candles in the wind and sacrifices and... Right. And and so yeah, I don't. I, What's wrong with Elton John? He's, he's a master. There's, he? there's a lot wrong with Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure more is going to come out in the newspaper at some point in the future that things that are wrong with Elton John. Um, but oh. yeah, I'm sorry, it didn't work for me. Um, irritating. That would be my word of this album. Okay. That would be my word. Okay. Um, but yeah, fair so. enough. Right. Well, that's. I'm glad so you got to... some love out of it. So good to end on such a positive spin, as I said, you know, we just, we're all as one. Yeah. It's just lovely. Interesting that we didn't have, because last year, I know we weren't doing the podcast last year, but last year, as our albums of the year, we chose A Moonshape Pool by Radiohead, um, Let Them Eat Chaos by Kate Tempest, and Skeleton Tree by Nick Cave, and we were universally agreed yes. they were all outstanding yeah. albums. This year, we've not had an agreement on no. any of our albums of the no, year. Except for, except for, I mean, other people's albums, but not of our ones. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, on the albums, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ones that yeah, we chose, yeah. I mean, obviously, chose, each yeah. album, I think there's been, yeah, yeah. There's been disagreement, which is, which is yeah. quite interesting. It just shows how deep-seated and cold our hatred for one another is. Yeah, we've, we've really started to grate on each other over this last year, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay for both of you to be wrong. I mean, you shouldn't feel bad. I liked Valerie June a lot. So there you go. I just want to put that so out So you're wrong on that now, more. Um, so it's for you to be wrong then, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I think we, we're probably getting towards the end now. Yep. I think, but I, I would like to ask one very quick question. I mean, we first year of doing the podcast last year. Is there any albums that have really stuck around with you both from from the last year of doing the podcast? Um, any you can think of off the top of your head that you still listen to a lot? Uh, Do you want me to get the ball rolling? Because yes. I, I can think okay. of a couple. Um, the Iceberg by Odyssey is the big one for me. Um, which I don't, I didn't pick as my album of the year of the playlist at that time, but since then, it's pretty much never left my um, my my playlists. I've never stopped listening to it, and then also "Hooray for the Riff Raff," which I know you two weren't mad on, um, and I've forgotten the name of the album, but the "Hooray for the Riff Raff" album. Okay, they would oh, be nice. they would be my two that have stuck with me. Uh, Paul Bearer, no, uh, has stayed with me because uh, <laughs> it's like a trauma memory. Yeah, uh, I just can't get out. I wake up in the night in a, in a cold sweat from the from the nightmare of that album. Uh, no, I I um, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I I liked. Well, you know, I love the Perfect Genius album. That stayed with me. I've got that on vinyl. I know the others. I know uh, Fran at least didn't didn't like it, but um, the Sylvanesso's grown on me. Yeah, um, got to hear that. Yeah, I, I, that. I, I, I liked it more more after over time than I than I thought I would initially. And also the Idols I told, mentioned earlier. Yeah, Idols um, I think made a, made a really good album. And I, I didn't hate it at the time, but I think I said it was the, one of the weaker ones on the list. Uh, but I think that's a bit unfair. It, it, it's uh, it's a solid album and it's got a, a lot of energy. You know, it's really good. Still for that, spend so much time yeah. with the Odyssey yourself because I know you were a fan at the time. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I listened to that a few times. I was listening to it just a couple of days ago actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Nemo? How about uh, XTC? I mean, hmm. that was hmm. memorable. The memories will stick with me for a very long time. <laughs> Especially that I can't remember. Crazy Lover, Supergirl, Supergirl. Supergirl. Super what yeah. a tune. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, <sighs> Marika Hackman. Marika Hackman is, uh, is one of my favorite artists now. I mean, so that's I, grown on you then, Nemo, because you oh, were, yeah. I was a big fan and you, like were, you were 50-50 it. on it. 
That was 50-50, and I, and I like it more. Well, there you go. I'm glad we're big enough to change our opinions over time, so I'll be expecting Fran to admit that the Perfume Genius is excellent by the next time mm, we meet. Maybe not. And one more, obviously, that we all are still listening to regularly is, is clearly the XX ICU. Um, That's gone. I mean, I have got it on It's not possible there, so. to delete the XX from Spotify because I don't own that content, and you know, I can, I'm just <laughs> off my playlist, but I wish I could. All right. right. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. Well, Sorry about that. Uh, Sorry, XX fans. That's a nice place to end. Uh, yeah. You say I was negative, and then you just yeah, more yeah. negative to end the podcast. So <laughs> thanks for listening, you everybody. Off with that. You started that conversation. You're still talking, man. I'm finishing the podcast here. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, we'll everybody. Back, uh, we'll be back in a month or so. Yeah, about a month's time, we'll be back with another playlist. See you then. Bye. Bye.